0: Hey, welcome back to the Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour. My name is Alan Moskowitz. This week we got some guests and cool surprises. Uh, First up we got Steve Thusson, who is about to put out on October 4th a book called Timothy Dinoman Saves the Cat. It's got explosions, it's got dinosaur people, it's got friendship, it's got cats. Uh, We'll talk about that in a split second. First, let me play a little bit more ska music, please. Dino Man Saves the Cat is the second Timothy Dino Man.
1: Yes. The, the first one's like a little mini-comic that I did uh, I want to say in 20, 2018 or 2019 um, depending on which year um, the Mission Possible Fallout came out. I Yeah, I, I saw that movie in theaters after like I, I like in one week I watched all, I got, like, the Blu-ray of the first five Mission Impossible movies in prep for the sixth one to come out. I watched them all in one week. And I, uh, after seeing it, which, you know, there's a bunch of, like, action set pieces out there. That's, like, the whole thing with those movies, you know? It's just seeing, like, all the crazy stunts. Uh, and I was just, like, super, super hyped after seeing the the new movie that I, just, I was in. A, I had a, like, little studio just, like... uh couple blocks away from the movie theater that's out in so I basically just like saw the movie and I was like oh I want to do this <laughs> I want to make this a comic that is this and so I just like ran through the uh the studio and just like made like a little 12 page like car chase um and just thought that like you know a drawn like a little dinosaur spy would be funner than just like a, a regular dude. Yeah, I don't know. I and mean, I liked it so much that I like kind of kept with it and kind of like expanded on it a little bit. And uh, you had a you had a Mike, Mike sweater on this a couple of months ago, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. I, I like around this time I was like talking to him, uh, and he was like, "Oh, you could just like do that as like." You know, he read the mini comic and it's like you could just do this of like, like a kids book, like a book for you know, like a middle grade, like young, you know, like an all ages comic, I guess. You could just do this in like a big book form, and so I like just went for it, I guess. And so this is this is like the second comic, first like book.
0: You were working with Sweater and Benji Nate with the Good Boy Comics, correct?
1: Yeah, this is we uh, we were like this is when they were both living in, in Philly. Yeah, the studio that I talked about, we were like sharing together. So I, I I have a comic, a like little space comic in a in the first first Good Boy. Right after I finished that is when I did the Timothy Dynamite comic.
0: I noticed that that's another recurring character, the one from Good Boy, right? Uh, Jake Caper, I think it is.
1: That's like a yeah. That's kind of the same deal. I did like like a, a little mini comic with that guy. Was just like with just like a, a like a space adventurer who's like uh, just like very sad all the time. I thought it'd be funny, I guess, to like yeah, just make like a big like kind of like a Star Wars comic where the with like a bunch of like space opera stuff where like the main character is like you know, kind of how uh, I can be and certainly was at the time, just, like, a, a sad, kind of, like, whiny little kid who's mainly just, like, <laughs> focused on, like, his ex-girlfriend or whatever Well, while, while he's getting, like, chased by, like, aliens and stuff. So, yeah, I did, like, two of... Yeah, I did, like, a little mini-comic. Uh, and then... Yeah, and then just kind of had, like, a, another idea and uh, asked Mike and Benji if they would let me put it in the uh, in their magazine <laughs> and they, they were very nice and said yes. And so yeah, it's just have those Yeah, I just have those two. And I don't uh, yeah, and I, I, I've got I, I wouldn't like I'm not like opposed to doing uh, like a follow up to to the one in good boy, you know. I like I like space, I like Star Wars. <laughs> But I, I, I uh, it's it's been a minute just 'cause I like kind of like shifted focus. We're drawn, like the Timothy Diamond books, so I like, like I haven't like given it an insane amount of thought, you know.
0: I've noticed with a lot of your stories, uh, even when you're like in Good Boy, uh, doing your stories around folks who do a bit more uh, crass comics, uh, you keep a level of clean humor. Something like overarching around what you do is that that seems intentional yeah i've noticed there isn't a lot of cursing there aren't a lot of vices uh jake capers into dvds and doesn't have any kind of like deeper more fucked up kind of vice you know what i mean
1: yeah i don't know that's with um with timothy's diamond definitely a very conscious choice not just like because i wanted it to be like an all-ages comic but also because like Uh, Again, even though like uh, uh, Jake uh, in those comics, he doesn't like like swear or do anything like super edgy. I guess Um, he's like I don't know, kind of not a. I I think he's he's kind of like a dick, you know. Mm. And so, um, or you know, like he's a very self-centered young man. And so, with like the Timothy Diamond comics, I kind of like both yeah but if i wanted to like make a fun action comic about a dinosaur because that'd be fun to draw but i also wanted to like take a break from drawing like comics about like kind of mean or like self-centered people you know and like just like have a i thought it'd be fun to write or draw like a protagonist that's just like Whose defining feature to me is that he's very polite and friendly. <laughs> um, because, like, I don't know, I, other than, like, the, the Jake Caper comics or, like, other, like, punk comics, I've done a lot of, like, autobiocomics, comics, and I feel like that's always, like, you get in a very self deprecating zone with that, you know? Where you just kind of, like, focus on, like, your flaws and, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know a lot of people who like paint themselves in like the greatest light in autobiocomics comics. So like, I don't know. Like, yeah, basically, I've never done a comic about just like a nice guy. <laughs> and so that was the uh, yeah. So with that, even like I said before, making it like a kids' comic, I just wanted to like yeah have like a, a guy who's friendly and nice. And my uh, little nieces and nephews have all started coming like old enough to start, you know, reading comics and, like, they all uh, really like them, especially like the, like, uh, Reyna Tegelmeyer, like, uh, the Babysitter's Club comics and stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I think that, like, like, as they're, like, reading things more, it's cool to be able to make stuff that is, like appropriate for like little kids to read. It was never like really like a thing that I set out to do or thought I would be doing, but it is like, I don't know. It's cool. and It's fun. And it uh, I don't know. I, I, I liked reading like stuff with a bunch of like action and adventure in it when I was a kid. So it's like fun to, I
2: don't know,
1: be able to make that, make, you know, a new version of that for kids, I guess.
0: Hmm. What uh? What comics do you like these days? Is there anything you're reading that really inspires you?
1: Let's see. I mean, I've been reading a lot of manga lately, um, which I didn't, like, really grow up reading manga. I, like, have kind of come to it very late in life. I don't know. I think, like, the best comic I've ever read is uh, the manga uh, Cross Game by Mitsuru Adashi, uh, which is, like, a uh, a baseball manga. And it's, like... I don't know, like, the pacing and the action of that in, like, the, uh, all the baseball scenes is, like, phenomenal and, like, so engaging. But then, I don't know, just, like, I don't know. Even if you don't really like baseball, I think that it just, like, I don't know. I, I got so invested in, in reading that book and, like, when, like, characters would, like, strike out, I would, like, start crying. I'd be so moved by it. <laughs> Um, I think, like, uh, The Contradictions by Sophie Anno is, like, a fantastic book, and I think she's, like, one of the greatest cartoonists of all time.
0: She's so cool. So, we got um, a, a chance to kick it, uh, with her during Comic-Con for a bit. I was, uh, helping Silver oh, Sprocket yeah. table. Yeah. She's a delightful human being.
1: Yeah, there's that, like, page in that book, uh, and I've told her this. I feel like I've mentioned this, like, a million times to people. <laughs> But there's like this page in uh, the contradictions where like uh, the main character is like walking down the street and sees like uh like some like person like riding a bike you know like we're riding a riding fixed gear bike and there's like this sequence of panels where she's like oh a fixed gear means like a bike nerd and a bike nerd means that they're punk and if they're punk that might mean that they're queer and it's like uh. I don't know. It's, like, one of my favorite, like, moments in comics, and I feel like it's a thing that, like, you know, I don't know, like, I unconsciously or not have, like, thought that, you know, a million times when I see people, like, on bikes or, like, wearing all black or something.
0: Are you going to continue making more Timothy Dynaman stories?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, working on the second one right now. You know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to make them a little bit like, you know, like the James Bond movies where they're all like self-contained. There's like some recurring characters, maybe like recurring like themes or motifs or whatever, self-contained like little spy action books. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm working on the second one right now. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be able to do some more. You know, we'll see. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very into it. I would. You know, I love just drawing like you know explosions and car chases and stuff, and so I would love to be able to do like a million. But we'll we'll find out.
0: Does it make it easier writing stories with the same characters?
1: I feel like it's a, like I, I I feel like fairly new to it. Um, I mean, *Timothy the Diamond* is certainly like the longest book I've ever like written. And, yeah, and I, I get, like, a little wary of, like, getting kind of one note with the characters, you know? Where, like I said, like, uh, like, Timothy, I think, you know, I'm trying to make him, like, a nice, polite guy, but I don't necessarily want to just be, like... I'm, I'm I, you know, I, I, I worry about, like, hitting that note so much that it kind of, like, flattens him. Yeah, it, it's very... it's new to me, and I'm, like trying to, like, figure out how to, like, you know, create, like, more depth to the characters while still, like, retaining what is, like, fun about them. Um, One of the characters in the book uh, who plays, like, who's Timothy's, like, best friend, this character named Jen, who's kind of, like, I guess kind of, like, the Q character uh, from... uh, james bond like she makes gadgets and stuff like that for him uh i like based her off of like one of my like uh best friends and uh so with her it's like fun to write um her again and again and kind of just like add like reveal new things about her and like make jokes for her because it's just basically like you know thinking about uh My friend what she would say or do in a certain situation um so yeah when when i'm not like making up somebody like whole cloth it's very like i don't know it's like it feels fun not to uh like daunting to like keep you know going back to them but it is it is cool though not to like have to make up a whole new guy every time i want to make a comic and just you know like have a have already have like a built-in history for Some
0: characters. I do like, I I find it interesting what you uh, said about having a character that is essentially just a real person that makes it almost a more grounded experience and kind of a bit easier to predict what they're going to do or say than uh, a piece, like something you've made up from scratch, like uh, having a character that's defined by their politeness might be questionable what they do in a scenario, but if you know somebody in your life that you know you can kind of predict what they would do
1: you know timothy needed like a friend and i was just like oh well i have a friend <laughs> and so i uh just made her look and uh talk and like move like my friend and so that way i don't know yeah you're right like i think anytime like i have like a, uh, don't know it, it, it's not it never n- nothing ever feels like i'm pushing it. like too far. Like, oh, she would never say that because I'm like, oh, I've, I've hung out with her. She's done this. Or she's, like, acted in this way. Um, yeah, but I guess I thought, though, just, like, like kind of all fiction writing a little bit, you, like, pull from life. And so, you know, and just, like, mold it around to like what the story is or what you want it to be, I guess. So, I think that might be the main thing from my life that's in this book. Other than, you know, just throwing, like, friends and, like, comedians and bands I like and crowd scenes and stuff like that.
0: Who do you have in the crowd scenes?
1: (sighs) Who do I have in my crowd scenes? Well, let's see. Off the top of my head, um, number one, I got Rodney Dangerfield in there. (laughs) Um, because this is a book for children, and they, you know, kids love Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, they'll get it. They um,
0: want no respect. I think
1: I got, I got, uh, I do have Mike and Benji in there. Um, I've got Ben Passmore is in, is walking around in there. Um, let's see. Who else? I've got, um, Peter Falk is in there. Um. <laughs> okay. You know, from Columbo. But yeah. I... Uh, would argue he does not look like Peter Falk, but I tried really hard. Um, I got the two hosts of the podcast, Double Threat, uh, Tom Sharpling and Julie Klausner. Um, Just like whatever movie I'm watching or like podcast I'm listening to at the time. There's like, I don't know, I, um, I like wrote the book before I started drawing the book, you know, and so when I wrote the book, I was like, oh yeah, there'll be a big crowd scene, and like bunch of people walking around or running away from you know the car chase or the explosion or whatever and that's like very easy to write but then uh, you have to like draw it and so and I, I, I you know you run out of like uh, just people very uh, people very fast so I just kind of like I have to just think of celebs or um, just like the same friend over and over again in, with different haircuts or something like that <laughs> So the book is uh, comes out October fourth. Coming out from a uh, Learner uh, Books is the publisher. My website Uh and you can follow me on Instagram and uh, Twitter on Steve underscore Suison. I'm, I'm not not to keep you. I've got a question. Yeah, shoot. Uh, y'all like, y'all play like Scott and stuff under here. Y'all like Scott, right?
0: Oh yeah, you know it. Who do you like for Scott bands right now?
1: I really like the cat fight from Philly. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun.
0: Can you play that song again?
3: 50K
1: Part on NPR when they're like now we come to the time' where we asked you to donate well this is like that but short donate at bff.fm donate today
0: hey welcome back to the fake publishing millionaires hour my name is Elon Moskowitz. good to see you again hope you've been here the whole time but if you're just tuning in we just spoke to Steve Thusen about Timothy Dinoman saves the cat which will be out October 4th on learner press And speaking of independent publishing, we were very lucky to have some time to speak with Avi Ehrlich from uh, Silver Sprocket, the founder, about their career before zines uh, with starting small record labels with punk groups as a teenager Um, and other stuff, too. It's a bit of a freewheeling interview. Uh, Let's cut right to it. This was recorded last night at the ninth anniversary for BFF FM at the Silver Sprocket location on Valencia. On the Ad Fake Publishing Millionaire's Hour. Uh, we were just discussing before uh, just about discussing other before events about that have gone down in the brick and mortar silver Sprocket stores, and stores and over the years. And we were talking about the Abby J. release show from earlier, oh, from earlier
2: this year. Oh, gosh, no, that was last year. That was at our old spot when we were sharing with um, Go Records. Um, yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, Abby ordered a heart-shaped pool, like a, a kiddie pool that was inflatable. And insisted that we fill it up not with um, White Claw, but not White Claw, but Truly, truly because she's a Truly yeah. girl. I think and um, I think someone delivered some ketamine, and coffee? she was eating tacos off the ground. Off uh, it was a night. There were a lot of acrobatics. That would be at the second that Silver Spracket store, second correct? Silver Depends, how store, correct? Yeah. Depends how you count. Like, that's it, I think techni- that's our third, if you're counting, places that are not my basement. Ooh. Do you have any cool basement Ooh, any event cool show basement stories? Event
0: show stories.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So our very, um, the, our very the, so, the, so we the mortar the, mortar the first Sprocket brick and mortar spot was my basement I across the I street, and I remember we we brought like a a punk rock, rock, rock bluegrass, bluegrass, band, bluegrass band called Larry and His Flask over from the Knockout, where it got to be two a.m. and they they couldn't play anymore. So they, they came over in the basement, and um, I was, like, fixing this this house that was built in 1870. And they, like, played, and it was awesome. And somebody, like, jumped off the stand-up base and hit the, like, chandelier in the basement that we thought was completely disconnected. But it wasn't. And it kind of exploded and a whole bunch of sparks everywhere. And it was friggin' – it's pretty cool. And, um, and nobody died. Shit. Like, that's – like
0: that's a fantastic way to fantastic end any punk show for it's legal reasons. Show. No, it didn't end it. Uh-huh. That was like the right, beginning shit. of it. And then we
2: also had like um, like Jawbreaker. It was like an all like a Jawbreaker cover band, but all about smoking weed and in a dub reggae style. That was pretty cool. Or weird. So, uh, uh, sorry, you know, uh, my face. Sorry, I was like, I want to hear face. that band like, now. I oh, want to yeah, hear that band, band now. Oh, yeah, they're on Bandcamp. J A like H no Spacebreaker. Like no it's like way. like bad weed dealer's no fault. Um, I kissed the bong load. I should have been kissing you. Um, that was Damn. fucking stupid. That was fucking stupid. I don't. And like, we got, like, the real <laughs> Jawbreaker was there. They thought it was the coolest <laughs> shit ever. They're like, this is great. They're like we um we put out a 7 inch and we like paid them a royalty about it and they <laughs> that's they yeah that was that's neat
0: um that reminds me very much of, uh, we were talking about when we're you were talking, still running a record uh, we label, maybe record years, label, earlier, uh, years earlier, Beret. Uh, oh, the... oh <laughs> <after>
2: fuck. <I'm laughs>
0: um, okay, so...
2: Um, okay, How so, dare so, you bring up I, Beret I, it's just, uh, I, I never
0: it's thought, just, uh, thought I'd get to talk to uh, another I, human I being about this when I was like, maybe 14 or 15, we went to a warp Tour uh, and saw this Jeff Rosenstock band, the Argon Sons of Bitches, and followed them to Long Island to see a show and it was like, this warp Tour band is also gonna be your mystery guest and it was this be group beret which is, is a two-piece um,
2: not french band <laughs> not
0: french band Oh
2: uh, no they were so, beret was so angry they were french and so french they were angry uh, it uh, yeah <laughs> i helped beret put out their the record and we um got a we went into safeway and got the barcode off of like a block of cheese um because we thought it'd be funny if someone tried to ring it up and it would say cheat, but we didn't realize that there's like, there's no universal registry of what a UPC barcode number is. The way that like, like with books, an ISBN number belongs to a book, but like a regular barcode, like a, a UPC code, is a totally per, like system, a closed system within the store that you're at or delivery net, distribution network. So we um, so we got a a barcode off of a block of cheese, like some craft like the most generic like cheddar cheese we could find but no beret was fucking fun we would like black our teeth out <laughs> with sharpie and like we our shirts were like just shitty white t-shirts that we'd spray paint stripes on with like masking tape and we'd like bust out with like loaves of like baguette baguettes and like just jump out and like beat everyone up with like these That's loaves of like bread playing
0: frere jacques as a hardcore band frere
2: wait no no it was a yeah, it, There was there, so bad. There, there was like there was was the most violent like band most I'd seen at that point at fourteen I'd or fifteen.
0: Point, like they, they were just point, getting point, in there and punching point. people. The, music did, not so the clear, music did not
2: matter. To be clear, I was not <laughs> a formal <laughs> member of Beret. But Beret was like whoever's around that wants to be in Beret, just make your striped shirt, black out some of your teeth, put on a beret, and like grab a loaf of bread. That was the first band zine there. I'd there. ever read too. Like that zine. Wait. Okay, we had CDs, so we were. We were, we would sell CDs at the show, and the EP was called <laughs> Stupid American, and we just had a, a a cylinder of blank CDRs, and if somebody's like, "Hey, do you guys have CDs? Can we buy a CD?" We're like, "Yeah, it's five bucks," and we would just grab a blank CDR and write Stupid American on it in Sharpie and sell it to them for five bucks. It would be a blank CDR, like there there was no recording at the time of the Warp Tour. Um, it was like the most like idiot bro. Oh my god. I, I can't believe anybody <laughs> I, knows just, about this it's just, literally if <laughs> literally <laughs>
0: it's like 2019,
2: if, This was like twenty nineteen. No, no, that's no, not true. It was like twenty twenty two. Right now
0: when we're having the show is twenty twenty two. This was in two thousand this was in two thousand. My last, uh, three.
2: My last year that I did Warped Tour yeah, was had 2000. so it happened. Yeah, before I was that. Like
0: in like sophomore year, like in like and like what sold year, us about it was, like, was every so time we'd we see the Argon Sons was, of Bitches, they'd get <laughs> robbed or something. They'd be like, <laughs> all right, no matter <laughs> what, everybody stole all of our horns. They're going to sing their horn parts. They're going to be like, somebody loaned us a half of an acoustic guitar, and we're going to do this. And it was just so
2: endearing. And the Aesop's would just show up and just ask if they could play, and they're like, after the headliner, we don't care. We'll just play they for your janitor. Just shut the sound off, so they we went, went across the street off, to a gazebo, and, street and, street smacked to a gazebo and smacked the side of it for drums. of it for
0: drugs. They were great. Uh- al, low-water, shorty, al-ow-water. Al, low-water,
3: Al, low shorty, al-ow-water. Al, al shorty al Alouette, wetter, Alouette Al the Al the Al 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 jonte, Al 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 I don't know.
2: Did not expect anyone to ever I, ask me yeah, about beret. I, expect, I,
0: don't <laughs> realized, I don't know how it came together. We uh, realized. So, how old we realized, were you when you started Springman uh, Spring so records? Spring records? I think I was thirteen, years. I think I was 13 years old. Get the fuck out of
2: here! <laughs> I um. <laughs> Please elaborate. Yeah,
0: Please elaborate.
2: No, that's not true. I was that's twelve. What You're um, fucking I, with me now. You're
0: fucking <laughs> with me now.
2: I okay. I was a big nerd, and I uh, I made a fan website for some bands that I liked. And then I I reached out to the to ask permission that it was cool to like put their songs on my website because this was like AOL didn't, AOL didn't quite exist it was like Prodigy and CompuServe I grew up in like the South Bay so I was I was a big nerd I fucking thought computers were sick as hell and I'd go on listservs and stuff and um and they were like oh do you want to just like you, this is a cool fan site. Do you want to just make it our official website? And I'm like, I okay. So, um, so I I made the first website for what 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 le- ended up becoming Fueled by Ramen Records and um less than Jake, uh, and um.
0: <laughs> Sorry, like that's like everybody's having. Like, uh, if you're like, listening on the radio, everybody's having to sink and and in and laughing in the background.
2: <laughs> no, it's fucking nuts. They so when I turned thirteen, um, my family's Jewish and I had a bar mitzvah and i got like a, around 3 grand in like bar mitzvah money of like all my parents friends giving me money for for becoming a man you did it in, in jewish culture <laughs> you did it. and uh so then um that money was literally borrowed by vinny from less than jake to start Fueled get the by roman here. get the fuck out of here i did not realize that I so
0: realize are that. you
2: i've i got i've nothing to show for it they paid me back about 3 so you're, years you're later so you're
0: not in any way you're
2: not in any way i've not i've no, I have no uh, income stream or ownership but let's flash
0: that. forward a little, well, let's flash bit. Forward a little um, bit you did put out um the how it goes big d album um, yeah i did uh, like, what <laughs> other, uh, like what other uh albums did you put out during, that time, put put out out during, during that time period and how old um, were you
2: um i was still a teenager for how it goes because that was during the warp tour days um I think the one that got really popular was the Rocky Horror oh, that one's Punk Rock Show.
0: Awesome oh, with uh, cool. Rocky a Rocky Horror Punk uh, Rock Show and Rocky how that came together. because There's yeah. a lot of bands yeah. on, there. I, yeah. on
2: there. Yeah, um, I, it wasn't uh, someone uh, Eddie from a band called The Migraines that started putting it together, and then kind of it lost steam. And then um, we got connected by a mutual friend, and I, I picked up the project and ran with it and completed it. So it already had a couple like bigger bands like the Ataris and other folks, but I. Once I took it over, I got like Alkaline Trio and The Tsunami Bomb and a bunch of other bands that people like to record for it. Um, Alkaline Trio, I got them to record on their bus while on tour, and I had to like source all the all the gear and timing and remind them about it. We
0: recently it. got brought in, uh, got with, brought sad in uh, with, with Sad Snack to a compilation by uh, Lava Socks, uh, and we got a song we'd never heard before. Oh, you're doing yeah, a unknown op yeah, yeah. So, Ivy like, Sun. how many bands yeah, yeah. on so the like compilation wound up getting songs that they were unfamiliar
2: with? Songs. Was it a bunch oh, of? Oh no, we refused that. We 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 they had to know the song. They had really to be stoked cool. on it. And I think we had the entire extended soundtrack, so it wasn't just what's in the movie, but the the entire extended version. Like it. I, I, I'm, i My memory is kind of wobbly at this point, but I feel like there were like 29. It's songs per, I, or I recently grabbed a copy it, from the I shop. It's. I have thousands <laughs> in my basement. If anyone wants a copy, speaking on CD. of, CD. Uh, your of, mom uh,
0: made a sculpture of spare brace CDs <laughs> in the backyard of her house. Correct.
2: Okay, so I left so many CDs in my parents' garage, and they're just like, "Hey, are you gonna come get your shit?" And I'm like, "Uh." I don't think anyone buys CDs anymore. I'm so sorry. You can you can throw those away. I'll, I'll rent a dumpster to throw them away. And they're like, oh, you don't want these? Well, can I make art out of them? And I'm like, sure. So my mom has been using all these leftover CDs as art supplies, as like weird reflective discs. And she's made some really, really cool weird sculptures out of them. That are rad as hell, including are there, Beret. Are there CDs. actually Beret songs
0: on those CDs, yeah, or are they like yeah, no, those ones are brought, real. Like I mean, you know, I about mean, I mean, the fake ones. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> a sculpture <laughs> man of the real ones somewhere <laughs> physically. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you can't play it because there's like <laughs> holes r- drilled in them, and they're like <laughs> mounted on this like windshine sculpture Beret thing. At every point, assaults, your
0: assaults your attempts to try to enjoy their music.
2: Nobody listens to Beret to enjoy.
0: Are they French because they're angry, or angry because they're French? We do not know.
2: It's a aurora borealis of of anger and Frenchness.
3: you, piece of bob <laughs>
0: Community, community, community radio. Community, community, community radio. Community, 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 community radio. Community radio for the San
2: Francisco music scene.
3: BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.
2: Oh God, I don't want to all right. What, what's, what's your question about, what, yeah. about Field yeah. by Ramen? Let's do it. I'm so ready for this. One, how? So you were 13. And you gave yeah. them your money, so you were their first investor. You, yeah. Invested yeah. In... you invested. Yeah, in... but I didn't. An investor usually has like a way of getting returned on it. So
3: they and
2: I did not because I was thirteen. One could say that. I I didn't feel bad about it, <laughs> and also. I started my own record label like right then too because I saw the work that they were doing and I had, I was friends with people in bands and I and my thirteen year old mind was like my friends' bands are fucking awesome because when you're thirteen and your friends are in bands so they're incredible and um, so I was like. Why don't these guys have records out? So I I would talk to fueled by Ramen to get like advice about how to run my own label and contacts. It's like I got to like use like the deals that they had to press records to print my own records and stuff. So they were like, for that loan, they were like my give me advice about anything anytime I want. Um, you were like an intern. In some weird way, I, you, learned a lot. you learned a lot. I, I learned a lot, but money. I. But like I, I, also like always had like real day jobs, and it was a money losing like a money pit for years and years. Like it did not, I was not good at it. I should have quit many different times. Well, um, you but yeah. Did. Think? well it's really, hard to have a definite it's really hard to have a definite line um we as a record label we were doing merch for a punk rock web comic called nothing nice to say like, by yeah. mitch clem like, yeah. um and as that record label we put out um some anthology comics that were like punk rock comic anthologies where um all the contributors were people who were in punk rock bands but they were also comic artists and there was a lot of overlap in those communities because it's like making art that has meaning to community and political values and whatever but a different medium um and i quickly figured out that like bands are the fucking worst to work with and comic artists are just as out of their minds and unreasonable and crazy but at least it's one person and you could figure out how to make them happy whereas a band they're they're like five different people, and all you're doing is trying to get consensus between them about what to do, and you're too, bi- and you don't get to do any actual work for them because you're just being a camp counselor, trying to mediate conversations. So, uh, but uh, the people that we work with, uh, publishing even to this day, like, are like big star marquee, uh, comic artists, uh, like rock stars are, people who did uh album art and concert posters for us like fifteen years ago. Like Ben Passmore did Phnout's tour posters like in two thousand like eight.
3: See now that I was wrong
0: Hey, thanks again for listening to the Fake Publishing Millionaires Hour. Go check out Silver Sprocket Comics and check out Timothy Dinoman saves the cat coming out through Lerner on October fourth. Uh, let's play us out with some Adam Age from San Jose. Say that five times fast and have a nice day.